First Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16, these are God's words. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. And we have a little bit of a difficulty identifying with the uh, first part of the passage, let no one despise your youth, because we live in such an insane age that inexperience, immaturity, lack of holiness, lack of progress in the faith are actually admired and exalted. And anyone who is mature or holy or sound, serious, is viewed with suspicion or just despised and ignored. There was a time when youth was rightly looked down upon uh, because those who had not spent that much time in the world uh, had not had much time to learn, much time to grow, much time for experience. Uh, Now, Timothy was, best as we can guess, somewhere in his early 40s probably, when this was written to him, not to permit anyone to despise his youth. But the answer was not because youthfulness is good, but because as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he was to be mature beyond his years. He was to be among them, although of a lesser age than some, of a more advanced Christian maturity. That by the means that God has appointed, through which the rest of the church will go, through which, quote, you will save your hearers, in verse 16, that by those same means he would have grown in an advanced way. Uh, And so the command uh, to let no one despise your youth is important because Timothy is the minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He did not have the option of not insisting on his authority. Verse 11, which we finished with last week, these things command and teach. There is a temptation in the ministry to want other people to think that we are um, not requiring their submission. The problem is Jesus requires their submission. Uh, And it's not our authority uh, to disregard. 
Uh, if we disregard it, we disregard Christ as well. And so there's let no one despise your youth and the, uh, the mechanism by which he is to uh, combat the despising of youth is given immediately in the next phrase. Be an example. A pastor ought to be the sort of Christian that the rest of the congregation can look at and say, that's the sort of Christian that I should be. Uh, an elder ought to be the sort of Christian that the rest of the congregation can look at and say, that's the sort of Christian I should be. Same with a husband, father, same with a mother. Now, all of us want to be that for the rest of the congregation, that we may encourage one another. Each of us is a joint that supplies something, or a member that has its part, as the Apostle says in Ephesians chapter 4. But there are some whose specific part is to be an example to those to whom the Lord has entrusted the care, the spiritual care of others. And the Apostle gives Timothy six different ways uh, to be an example. One, that he should be an example in word. The scriptures teach us that we will give an account for every idle word, as Jesus said during his earthly ministry, and command us that uh, our speech uh, would always be with grace, always be useful for edifying, for building up, uh, strengthening the way you put uh, great big steel I-beams into a skyscraper or two-by-fours to frame a house, edifying. Uh, maybe you know the word edifice for a building comes from the same idea. That we should always be speaking in a way that builds up. Uh, we're having a hard time with our hearts and our lips, and in some cases our brothers and sisters, even just speaking edifying words on the Lord's Day, when the words are to be not just edifying, but worshiping. Uh, but seven days a week, 24 hours a day, well, you should be asleep sometimes, but whenever you are with others, you should be speaking edifying words, not idle words. Uh, this is a very difficult thing. This is, this is something that... Uh, the book of James says is the hardest thing in the Christian life. And so it is necessary that the people have an example uh, in word, in conduct. God himself, Christ himself is the standard, uh, but the uh, pastor, the elder, father, husband, mother, ought to be able to say, Imitate me as I imitate Christ, just as the Apostle did. If the man preaching God's standard isn't being more and more conformed to Christ, then he makes himself an occasion of others disregarding the standard. They are responsible for their own disregarding. But he must not let himself be an occasion upon which they do so. So he is to be an example in word and in conduct. And if you're following along in your Bible, you can see the next one, or maybe remember from the reading. In love. The outward keeping of rules is not Christian behavior, 
if it does not flow from faith that is energized by love. You remember Galatians 5, 6, circumcision or uncircumcision is anything but faith, working by, and it's specifically the word for energized, energao, energized by love. And so if he is, uh, if he is an example to the congregation of conduct, it needs to be conduct that comes the way that the Lord actually produces godly Christian conduct through love for God, love for neighbor, and love for brother. The last thing a pastor wants to be an example of for his congregation is a counterfeit. Uh, he needs to have his actual progress, as verse uh, 15 says, evident to all. So an example in word, conduct, love, spirit. This is closely related to love. is that he serves the Lord with his spirit. The man serves the Lord with the man's spirit as a result of the Lord's spirit's work upon the man. And so it needs to be from the inside out, from a principle of love, from a principle of being conformed more to Christ. Uh, body uh, is at the resurrection, but soul, spirit, is now. It needs to be an example of faith. Uh, faith is not just hoping against hope. It is a convincedness of the truth of the Bible. Uh, and so the way that his spirit grows in love so that his behavior progresses and his words progress is by meditation upon the truth of Scripture, especially the truth about Jesus. We're still just 12 verses away from uh, that summary about Christ in chapter 3 and verse 16 and the emphasis on the fact that Christ is enthroned in glory from where he causes preachers, messengers, uh, angels, as it's translated in our text, to go out, from where he makes himself to be proclaimed among the nations, from where by his Spirit he causes uh, himself to be believed upon in the world. And so the minister is, must be an example of someone who meditates upon the truth of Scripture, and especially the truth about Jesus. Uh, in this he rejects uh, all man-made religion, but is always full, his heart and mind always full, of how Jesus is reigning in glory. Jesus is making himself to be preached among the nations. Jesus is making himself to be believed upon in the world. And very soon Jesus returns, and we stand before him, counted righteous in him, clothed with righteous words and behavior by him. By the time we stand at the judgment, he will have completed his work in the day of Christ Jesus. This is the great key to growth in the Christian life. You, uh, there are some who translate there at the end of First Peter, it might be Second Peter. Um, well, anyway, they translate it, 
uh, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but it's probably an instrumental dative there, the grammatical construction. Grow by the grace of Jesus Christ. Grow by the knowing of Jesus Christ. Grow by knowing Christ. That this is how we make progress. Uh, and if the congregation is going to be making progress towards the day and of the perfection, perfecting, completing of God's work in them by the grace of Christ and by the knowing of Christ, the minister, who is an example to them, needs to grow in the same way. He needs to be an example in faith. Uh, and so, be an example in word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, and finally, purity. Uh, that as the Lord brings us closer and closer to that day of Christ in which our salvation is completed, the fullness of our adoption is revealed at the redemption of our bodies, uh, to use the language of Romans 8, that salvation that is nearer now to us than when we first believed uh, in the words of Romans 13. Uh, well, that day is a day in which we will be holy in which the Lord will have produced in us the peaceful fruit of righteousness, the holiness that is necessary to see the Lord. That which we know we will have, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. Uh, and so that's what a minister should be growing in. He should be growing in purity. There is no room in his life for impurity because there is no room in the believer's life for impurity. We should be single-minded, always aiming, not at what will accommodate my pleasures while being good enough, but rather always aiming at what honors the Lord best and serves the Lord most, not tolerating any more darkness or the sorts of deeds for which the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, but uh, yearning for, looking to God for, depending upon Christ for, striving by his Spirit for, more and more of that light that belongs to the next life, to walk in the light as he is in the light, recognizing the sin that we have and confessing it, because he is not only faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but, praise God, also faithful and also just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's six things that he's to be an example uh, to the Ephesians uh, for. And how uh, is he going to be an example uh, of them? And how are they going to follow the example? Well, there are three things very quickly that he says to give attention to that will help Timothy in this. Uh, and uh, as they help Timothy in this to become the example, there are also the three things uh, that will help us as we follow the example. Uh, and here it is reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Reading the scripture, applying the scripture, and building up uh, theology, the teaching uh, of the scripture. Praise God, these are three things that he has commanded 
for his public worship. These are three things that he has commanded for families to be doing at the beginning and end of each day uh, and working out and thinking about, speaking together about uh, in everything that they do. Uh, And these are the three things by which Christ grows us in himself. Now, one of the things that Christ has done for his church in order that there might be proper reading of the scripture is he has given the church um, particular men whom he has appointed. Paul reminds Timothy uh, that uh, he was prophesied over. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean fortune told or special secret knowledge from God, um, uh, but Uh, It can be as simple as that which is done now when a man is being recognized and has been properly and following the scripture, um, uh, uh, called, trained, being installed to and ordained for the ministry. Uh, There's preaching that takes place. Preaching about what it is to which he's being called. And then there's the laying on of hands that takes place. And it shows that the man's calling, the man's duty, the man's role, his office in the church, is not being given to him by other men. It is being given to him by God. He's being called by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no option. says why resignation of, from or retirement from the ministry is so offensive to some of us uh, because we see do not neglect the gift that is in you not for you, in you, for the church. The gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, which doesn't come from man, comes from God, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership, which shows that it doesn't come from them, comes from God, very specifically from the God-man, Jesus Christ. And so there's no option uh, to not do his ministry. Uh, And so he is to Meditate upon the word read, and meditate upon the word applied, and meditate upon the word taught. Uh, these things he is to give himself entirely to, uh, perhaps even describing here in a way that others cannot. Others have uh, different callings in this world, different vocations. They have to uh, work to make money. One of the things that we have uh, seen and will continue to see uh, about um, ministers, uh, elders who rule well, we uh, we saw, uh, and especially those whose labor, whose vocation is preaching and teaching, is that they are worthy of uh, double honor, uh, that they can get their living from the ministry. Why? Because if they are to do this double-time meditation upon the Word of God and growth in word and conduct and love and faith, uh, love and spirit and faith and purity, uh, then they need to uh, meditate upon these things and give themselves entirely to them. Now, you may have other things that you have to do. Uh, if you have another job. Uh, but when whatever does not have to be spent in um, 
uh, in that calling or that vocation, the believer should have an example of the value of meditating upon the word of God and being always thinking upon and feeding in where the Lord has had us in his work. Uh, so that uh, you uh, would be growing in the conversion of your inner thought life uh, from thinking about a bunch of different things going a million different ways to uh, having the bulk of your inner thought life being bringing the word of God to bear on whatever it is that you're thinking about. Remembering what you've read, and so the word just by itself. Uh, remembering and thinking upon how the word applies to the different things that you think about. Not that you never think about anything else, but that you're thinking about how the Bible uh, teaches you to think about those things, exhortation. Uh, and then uh, thinking about not just the word of God um, and remembering the words themselves in the reading, but also uh, building the theology of the word, understanding uh, the how all of the teaching of the scripture fits together, and especially in Christ, uh, in uh, doctrine. So give attention to the reading, to the exhortation, to the teaching. And Paul's implication there is when he gets there, he'll help Timothy do that. Isn't it much more helpful, much easier to do uh, when we have brothers that we are doing that with? This is one of the great things about uh, the Lord's Day and the assembly on the Lord's Day. So we have an opportunity uh, to be with people who are helping us because we're all talking about uh, the Word of God and how it applies and the system of doctrine uh, that it teaches. Uh, I find that uh, uh, even as a pastor, even as a pastor who knows that I should be obeying this passage, it's difficult for me to keep my, um, my mind on these things. Uh, as much as I ought to, and it's a help to me when I'm with brothers and we're helping one another. Uh, and so he says, take heed to yourself. Be vigilant, be careful, cultivate um, uh, in your, uh, cultivate yourself, cultivate the doctrine. Uh, continue in them. And as we've already mentioned uh, a couple of times, in doing this, you will save both yourself. Timothy is a sinner saved by grace, being grown by grace. Here are the means of grace, uh, and uh, they are the means of grace for the minister. And as the Lord graciously works in the minister by those means, he is an example, because they're the same means by which uh, the Lord grows those to whom he ministers. Uh, to those to whom he is an example. So he says, in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So here's the pattern for uh, how the Lord uh, continues that work in his people that he will bring to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. And praise God, he who started the work will surely bring it. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray that your spirit would Our Father in heaven, we pray that your spirit would bless to us this portion of your word that we have been thinking about, that you would help us to meditate upon it, and that you would grow us 
in word, in conduct, in uh, love, in faith, in spirit, in purity, that you would grow us by the grace of Christ, that you would grow us by the knowing of Christ, that you would be exalted in Christ, that he would be exalted in the work that he has done in us by his spirit, even work that you do by your blessing to us of what we have just been doing in this passage at this time. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.